0: Hello and welcome to Not Working as Intended. My name is Heather. And I'm Leone. This week we are going to be talking about what gets our goat. (laughs) (laughs) This phrase
1: still tickles me. Like, i it's what gets on your nerves.
0: Okay, whatever you want to call it, that's what we're talking about this week. But before we start, I just want to put out uh, Bit of a public service announcement. I have a fan going on in the background, if you can hear it, I'm very sorry, but it's currently 25 degrees and I'm roosting, so I'm not turning it off. We're definitely not
1: cut out for this sort of hot weather in Ireland.
0: No, definitely not.
1: <laughs> oh dear, it's something that annoys us. <laughs> it It gets
0: my goat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: When it's raining, we long for the sun and then when it's sunny, we're like, oh, it's too warm. When's it going to rain again? I know. If it
0: could just be a bit cooler, that would be okay.
1: Yeah, I know. It's just our pasty complexions. We're we're definitely not compatible with this sort of weather.
0: Yeah, I would be comparable to a milk bottle, I'm not
1: pale. Only for my freckles, they give me a bit of a colour or they make me look like I've colour but I, yeah. I don't. Underneath, I'm very, very pasty.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to then, I'm going to ask you, Leonie, what gets on your nerves? Oh, well, where do you want me to
1: start? <laughs> this podcast will probably have a lot of me sighing and tutting and just, <sighs> like that. Um, <laughs> I suppose, from a chronic illness perspective, one of the main things that really rattles me is, but you don't look sick. I always feel like, I I haven't yet came up with the right response to that, you know, I go between just rolling my eyes and saying nothing, or actually getting quite cranky with some people, you know, because it, to me, it feels like, If I have sat and told you how I'm feeling and what I'm going through and you turn around and say something like, but you don't look sick, it feels like you're just dismissing everything I've told you.
0: Yeah, I get that with, well, you wouldn't know to look at you. Mmm, yeah, I bet you do. I'm like, yeah, but this it's because you're looking at me now, whereas if you're looking at me later and my legs are tired and my brain's tired, you're you're going to see a different Heather? Absolutely,
1: yeah, I know what you mean. It's um, It just goes to show though that like, you know, I suppose this is why we're doing this in a way. We do have invisible disabilities and conditions, you know, on the outside or just to look at us, we don't look sick. But again, I often ask, you know, what does a sick person actually look like? What are we supposed to look
0: like then? I know, and that's something I think of all the time. What are we supposed to look like? <laughs> Your guess is as good as
1: mine, but I suppose what we're trying to say really is that you shouldn't be judging a book by its cover.
0: That's it, and that is an issue that I tend to face whenever I'm out shopping, and I have a blue badge, so I park in disabled spaces, and then I get out of my car and I walk to the shop. Um people are looking at me as if to say, well, how dare she park in there? And I'm like, but I've got the badge. I have limited mobility, so I'm entitled to park in this space because it's easier for me. Absolutely.
1: I. That's actually something that someone, when we asked on social media about what annoys people with regards to, well, anything, somebody did come back to me and say that um, when people are using disabled spaces or is that the correct term for them? Yep. Yeah. Uh, that people would actually have the nerve to question someone who gets out of their car and will ask them why they're using that particular space.
0: Yeah, I get that. But what annoys me the most is when you need a disabled space and you can't get one and then you're walking into ASDA or wherever and you walk along the front row that has all the disability parking spaces and say four or five out of ten don't actually have a blue badge displayed at all. That
1: must be incredibly frustrating when as you say you have limited mobility and walking right across the car park is giving you extra journey that you don't necessarily need when you're gonna to have to go in and walk around the supermarket to do your grocery shop. Um, but there's people then that take those spaces because they're close to a door for whatever reason but they don't actually have a badge or a permit to be parked there. Yeah And I have seen before people getting out of cars in those spaces, and they've, they're using it because they have children with them. And they'll say, oh, well, someone has taken the parent and toddler spaces. So I suppose it, that doesn't make it okay for them to then take a disability spot. Yeah. But I can see then they're obviously using it for the, the extra space. It doesn't excuse it at
0: all. Absolutely not. But No. Well... I- Saying that I would be the person that if there are no blue badge spaces, and I know this annoys some people, but I will go to a parent and toddler space if there are plenty available, because yeah. it is that I need to swing my car door all the way open to be able to then get my legs out of the car yeah, and get out, which I can't really yeah. do in a normal yeah. space.
1: Yeah, so... I can see why you do that you know you do need that extra room it makes sense Um, when asked as well there was someone who came back and said to us about their they get judgmental looks if they come out of an accessible or a disabled bathroom I have experienced this firsthand which
0: I find very frustrating. Yeah I would say so I know the story you told me I don't know if you're Comfortable telling that on the podcast. Go for it. <laughs> okay, go on ahead then. Are you talking about
1: the time I was in the hospital visiting my brother, and the lady giving you the dirty look? Yeah, it it really annoys me that people think that because I am young-ish. Ish. <laughs> I come right away from it come out of an accessible bathroom, that someone can question me as to why I was in there. You know, um, at the time I was actually having a, a really bad flare-up of my ulcerative colitis, so for anyone who suffers with inflammatory bowel disease, you'll know that you don't really get a lot of warning to need the toilet, um, and often it's you're in there because there's a bit of privacy or you're changing because you've had an accident. And for someone to then question you when you come out of a bathroom as to why you needed to use it. Well, I don't know if my response was the politest in the World her, but let's just say she took a step back and she <laughs> didn't really, she didn't question me any further. <laughs> but recently actually Crohn's and Colitis UK uh, funded a campaign to get better signage on a lot of toilets in public places that say not all disabilities are visible.
0: I have actually seen that in our local Asda store, they have it on their accessible toilet. Yeah, and the hope I suppose from
1: that is that people will become a little more understanding or less judgmental as to those people who are in there using those facilities. I know when I'm out in public, if I have a bag leak and I need to change my stoma bag, I need to be in an accessible toilet or something that has a shelving unit in it so that I can set out my supplies, I have a bit of space. It takes time to clean around my stoma and change my bag. But to do it in a toilet cubicle in a normal public toilet is very, very difficult. I could do it at a push, but I would prefer to have that extra space and privacy and just that feeling that I'm not so rushed to get
0: it done. Yeah, um, I've also had a weird experience whenever I was younger with an accessible toilet. Right. Um, so I was in a wheelchair at this point and me and my mum and dad were all out for dinner and I needed the bathroom. So my, I think it was my mum, wheeled me down, whoever it was, and said to one of the waiters, you know, she needs to use the bathroom. And they went, right, okay, well, the only issue there is we actually use our accessible toilet as a store. Oh. So there are cleaning su- or cleaning supplies and, you know, extra toilet rolls and mops and all of that sort of thing in this disabled toilet that I need to use. So oh. I had to wait outside for a good five or 10 minutes to the clear floor space for my chair to be able to get in and then maneuver in beside the toilet so that I could like scoot over onto the toilet. That's desperate. That- my daddy went nuts. We never went back after that because it was ridiculous. No, that's awful
1: to think that that would happen you know that they think they can use that space what just to store stuff so what do people do then when they need that like what if that had have been someone needing the bathroom more urgently like you maybe had enough control over your bladder or whatever at that stage but I mean that could have been a lot worse.
0: Exactly like say if I had had another an upset stomach or whatever, and I needed the bathroom, you know, straight away. Luckily, I didn't. But if that had been the case, then that would have been a whole nightmare because then it would have meant a complete change and clean and everything. So stressful to think that that happens or could have happened, and it's just ridiculous, it's awful. It really is. Now, thankfully that was around 15 years ago now, so hopefully that wouldn't be the case now when people are a bit more aware, but I would say it probably still happens.
1: I have heard of similar stories like that where people have had to have had to ask for access to an accessible bathroom and like that they've been told they have to wait because they've had to manoeuvre different things out or go and find a key because their accessible bathroom is locked and actually it's only for staff or different things like that so I've heard a few stories like that I haven't experienced it personally but to think that it could still happen
0: is just it's shocking. Oh yeah I've had that you know wait till we get the key and stuff as well I was actually in a bar in Largan one night and I needed like I really needed the bathroom had had a lot to drink and you know yourself once you break the seal you've <laughs> got to go like every five minutes <laughs> and i i said to the bouncer you know i need to use the accessible toilet and he says okay hold on I go and get the key so i stood and he waited and he came back and he said actually we've lost the key we don't <gasps> know where it is and i was like but i need to go to the toilet So I started an argument with the sponsor (laughs) (laughs) on how this was completely (laughs) unacceptable and um, I ended up getting kicked out (laughs) because I was arguing over the fact that they lost the key to the accessible toilet. (laughs) Oh Heather!
1: Oh dear, I did actually get into a bit of an argument one time with a woman in Newcastle. I actually have a radar key so I can access disabled toilets that are locked to the general public. And we had went to Newcastle this day, it was a really lovely day, and I actually think it was last Easter maybe. And I said to Stephen, I really need the toilet, but all the toilets were locked because it must have been Easter Monday or something it was public holiday anyway so all the normal public toilets were locked and he said "Will you have your key you know go and change your back it was my back my stoma bag I had to empty it or change it I can't remember and he said just go into the disabled toilet you have your key and I could see these people hovering around trying to get into toilets and I thought once I go in there, people are going to want to follow me in, as in like, they'll be waiting for me as soon as I open the door to leave. And there was one woman when I was coming back out, she was like, oh, can I borrow your key for that toilet? And I was like, um, um, mm -mm, I have to go. And she was like, but you have a key. Why can I not use it? And I said to her, well, it's my key. And she was like, but why do you have a key and I don't have a key? And I said, well, actually, and I lifted my shirt and I said, well, I have a stoma bag, so I needed that bathroom. And all of a sudden she backed off. She was like, oh, right, okay. Well, uh, do you know where there are toilets around here? And I was like, the pub down the road There, if you go into that pub. <laughs> but I don't know, I just haven't yet found the right way to address people because You don't want to come across like a total psycho, but at the end of the day, you sort of want to educate
0: people too. That's it, and you know, I find sometimes people will say to me, We hurt your foot or we hurt your leg. And you know, if it's one of those days where you just you're having a bad day and you can't be bothered, sometimes I just go, Yeah, I have. end of conversation. I don't want to have to go into the, well I've got cerebral palsy and this happened and that happened. So I'm just like, yeah, hurt my foot. don't really want to have that conversation today. I let it
1: lie. Definitely. Um, One of the things that people, someone messaged us to say that it annoys them when other people assume what a person can or won't be able to do based on their disability. Do you ever get this? Have you been on the receiving end of this? I have.
0: Um, One time, so I work with kids, so we deal a lot with social services and before we start a new job, we have to have a social services check. And I remember one day waiting on this check coming through and I got a phone call and it was a member of social services and they said to me, oh, I see you have down here that you have cerebral palsy. And I said, yeah. And she says, oh, well, how does it affect you? And I said, you know, it's very mild, It really only affects, you know, my left side. It's a bit weaker than my right. But, you know, I can do a lot of different things that most people can. And she went, all right, okay. And then like 10 minutes later, I got a phone call back and they said, have you had a face to face interview with your employer? Do they know? that you have cerebral palsy and are they aware of the severity? And I was like, well, yes, they're hardly going to employ me without seeing me, are they? (laughs) I don't know. So
1: like that person was basically assuming that you weren't actually fit for the job or that the person who had interviewed you hadn't taken into consideration your disability?
0: That's it. They had immediately thought of worst case for cerebral palsy, which is, you know, unable to walk and talk and all of that, which I luckily am blessed that I can do most things that a lot of people with cerebral palsy can't. I'm very, very lucky, but she had just assumed the worst and then thought that I had sort of wangled my way into this job and never met the person that was going to be employing me. Yeah, I mean,
1: I with working with people with um, disabilities or additional needs myself, I know we would be very led by them, the, the person themselves or their parents or carers that come with them. You know, parents will be very like, oh, no, let them do that themselves. You know, they can do that. Don't worry. Generally, I think, and I don't want to say I'm speaking for everyone, but I think for the most part people want to work within their abilities you know we all know our own limitations but we don't want you to decide we don't want another person to decide on our behalf that oh Heather can't do that or Heather needs this done for you know that should be you sort
0: of advocating that. That's it and that's something that anyone around me is quite aware of you know I would be quite try to be quite independent but I know that if I need help I will say Leonie can you help me with this? Leonie could you do this for me because I can't and I know I can't. Yeah and I think
1: that's that's what I'm trying to say is that it's better that it comes from the person when they're asking for help rather than you or another person not letting them even try something or do something for themselves because for the most part a lot of us just we want to be treated no differently than anyone else but as I say it's within your own capabilities and what you can do you know yourself so it shouldn't be up to someone else to decide for you. That's
0: it and I think You know, there's days that that annoys me more when people try to do things for me. And I'm like, I can do it. Leave me alone. (laughs) Let me do it.
1: Yeah, I know when I have been recovering from surgeries, because they have been abdominal surgeries, quite often my activity levels have been restricted for a certain length of time, just whilst your core sort of recovers. And I would have found... Um, often out of the goodness of their heart, like, you know, my family would have been like, don't do that. I'll do that for you. And I'd be like, look, can you just let me at least try to do things? You know, I don't like people waiting on me hand and foot either. You know, I'm quite a bit like yourself, you know, I just like to ply on and do what I can do. And if I find that I couldn't have done something then, I would have said, look, would you mind giving me a hand with X, Y, or Z, whatever it
0: happened to be? That's it. And I think you sort of come up with your own kind of communication for those days as well. I know, like, if my legs are sore and say I need to go to the shower or whatever, I'll say to my husband, look, can you stay up the stairs and stay close to the shower Mm -hmm. room so that if I need you, you can come and help me? Or can you sit in the room and just be there in case I fall? Or, can you run me a bath? And he'll know, okay, Heather's got a sore leg today. You know, she needs a bit more assistance than she might usually. So I have to prepare myself for that. Yeah, definitely. And it is better,
1: as I say, for it to come from us or be dictated by us rather than another person. It actually, it leads in quite nicely to something another follower on Instagram messaged in, and this is one I can relate to. Um, they said that it annoys them when others think they know better how to manage um, their stoma. You know, so having a stoma is quite an individual thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's, there's no one size fits all approach as to how you look after it and how you change or empty your bag or uh, what products you use but I know and I think it comes from a good place as well because i I'm pretty sure I have done this before so I'll hold my hands up and say I'm guilty of having done this when I've heard of someone having an issue I will ask them about you know what products they're using or not that I am a uh, Not that I advocate for one product or another, but, you know, it's just to find out. And you you tend to share your experiences as to what works for you. But I suppose you have to recognise that what works for you doesn't work for everyone else too. But again, like that, I've also been on that end of it where I've had an issue and someone has been like, oh, well, you're doing this wrong. Instead of offering me something that I could try or another way to do something, instead they came... At it from a different angle and they just told me that what I was doing was wrong rather
0: than actually being helpful. yeah, I get that I would get that actually of course I don't have a stomach, but I would get that with um like pain relief yeah and people saying, you know I don't think you need a cocodomol today. why don't you just try like an ibuprofen? And I'm like, do you know? how much pain I'm in. It might not look like I'm in a lot of pain, but I'm in a lot of pain. Like, please don't tell me, you don't need this medication. Because I do. If I'm taking it, then I need it.
1: Yeah, and I think sometimes when people carry something quite well, others think that you're doing great then. You know, but just because you
0: carry it well doesn't mean that it doesn't actually impact on you. That's it, and I think that has been ingrained in me for a long, long time because whenever I was in getting my surgeries, the rule was, you know, the less dependent you are on the medication, the quicker you can go home. So you kind of found that spot where you could cope with the pain and maybe not need the medication and be like, no, 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 I'm fine, and sort of grin and burn your pain. And look totally like you're not in pain, but inside you're going, oh my goodness, I'm in so much pain (laughs) just to get home.
1: Yeah, there's something about when you're in hospital as a patient and you know that really that's what's hanging in the balance. That's what's keeping you there. And you sort of think, if I can just push through for one or two days until they'll get me home. (laughs) Yeah, even if I could go that extra hour without those painkillers. Yeah, although then it, it comes back to, and it's a totally different issue, but then like, you get no points for being a martyr either. Sure, you don't. You don't, and
0: as we all said, these are our experiences. Just because we try to push through the pain and not take our painkillers when we're in hospital does not mean that we advise anybody else to do that. No, if you're having pain and you're in hospital,
1: Ask for painkillers. There's no shame in it. There's, we're not tablet shaming.
0: <laughs> no, no, we're definitely not. I just like to get home. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I've been in too many times. Oh, well, I
1: don't know. It's um, I suppose yeah. I've had s- something similar to that before, as you say, with pain relief, and people all say like, oh, but do you need that pain relief or? did they not try you on this? Did they not try you on that? And I don't know, like I have spoken to people with the same condition, but who are in other trust areas. And from trust to trust, from consultant to consultant, everything differs, you know, and as I keep saying, these conditions, they're not one size fits all. So your experience is different to my experience is different to the next person's experience. So whilst we can empathise and sympathise with you, we can't say that, oh, well, I had this, so
0: you're going to have that. That's it. You know, every single one of us could have the same surgery and every single one of us will have a different outcome, a different result. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody's ever going to react to something exactly the same as the next person. Yeah. And... As well as that, like our pain is
1: a very individual thing. We all have different pain thresholds and levels at which we tolerate or that are quote unquote normal for us. You know, I would have said before I had my stoma surgery when I presented to A and was basically told to go to A and E. They were waiting on me, but I was. When I was in triage with one of the nurses, she says, what levels your pain at? And I said, it's maybe a two out of 10. And she was like, but you're an A&E. And I was like, but my pain is a two out of 10. And she said, are you not sore? And I was like, well, I'm sore, but I'm not, I've had worse pain, but yet in all five days later, I had emergency surgery. You know, and I would have told you that I had worse pain on other occasions when I wasn't technically as sick, in quotes. You know,
0: I don't know. It's just, I think that's it. And then this idea, you know, from a scale of one to 10, based on the worst pain you've ever been in, what where is your pain? And you're like, well, I have been in so much pain that this is like, next to nothing for me. But at a a normal person's scope, it's probably like a seven.
1: Yeah, I, I do often think too about things like that. I would say, you know, our normal days or our good days could potentially be someone else's really bad day that they would be, you know, at the doctors, at the hospital, looking help, you know, whereas... When you, when you deal with something day in, day out, you become accustomed to a certain level of pain or discomfort or your symptoms and you'll know what's good and what's bad. And it's trying to find the fine line then as to when you seek out other help.
0: That's it. And I think, you know, I've said before, my knee like, just slides in and out by itself. And I think when I say to people, oh, my knee is out of place here, and everybody goes, and I'm like, no, it's okay. I just need to go to the bathroom and like pop it back in, and everybody like grimaces and like screws up their face. And I'm like, oh, no, it's okay. You know, I'm used to it now. (laughs) Yeah. But I would say if somebody that wasn't used to that and their knee popped out and I was like, yeah, come on into the bathroom and I'll I'll pop this back in for you, they would be like, what the frick are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's funny actually when you say
1: that about, you know, oh, you should be used to, you know, you're used to it. And that can be an annoyance to other people, you know, and I do find that kind of does annoy me if someone else, decides for me, but you should be used to it by now. That doesn't mean it's any easier to deal with. No.
0: There's always going to be certain parts of your disability or illness that you're never going to get used to.
1: Yeah, I think that's right, absolutely. I mean, there are days that I, you know, I'm not going to say, like, that I don't ever wish I didn't have certain aspects of this condition. I'm not going to say I don't wish I had it, but there are definitely days when I've thought, oh, I could really do with one less trip to the toilet today or, oh, I wish the fatigue would just leave me for a day or two that I could function a bit more normally and do a few more things. But as I say, we're all so different and it's just, I find that annoying in itself. You know, sometimes you just wish there was someone else who had, The exact same situation as you who could say X, Y and Z and they could say,
0: right, well, here's the solution. Yeah, because as supportive as your friends are, you know, they're not going through what you are going through.
1: Yeah. And as like you say, as much as, you know, we rely on the support of our friends and we're ever grateful for
0: our friends, but you don't get it until you get it that's it and I don't know as much as you try to explain it you're never going to be able to fully explain it and you just have to be like this is what I'm dealing with this is what I need you know and that's it but as you say you should be used to it by now we're not going to be sometimes
1: I feel like I hold back a wee bit as in, I sometimes think, in my head, I'm like, oh, people are probably so fed up listening to Leone talk about her trips to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> but I, Like, who wants to talk about that all day? But sometimes I do feel like I hold back a wee bit when I'm at my worst, because I just think, like, oh, I just, I don't want to inflict other people with it either. But at the same time, I'm probably not doing myself any favours by just not getting it out of my system. That's
0: it. And my mum would say I'm quite stubborn like that.
1: Yeah, I know when I had my stoma surgery, with it being an emergency, I had about 24 hours to get my head around the idea that, you know, the next day I was having surgery. And that was that and after I had my surgery I seemed to cope very well with everything and everyone kept saying to me like my family and friends and even the nurses in the hospital were like if you want to have a breakdown just have a breakdown you know you're allowed to and I was like no no I'm doing I actually was doing okay and I was like I'm fine I'm absolutely fine because at that stage I was just so relieved that I was starting to get better, you know, okay, I was recovering from major surgery, but I'd had such a bad run of it up to the surgery that I was just ready to, to take drastic action. So drastic that you put your colon in the bin, like, you know, so, but everyone was like, um, you know should you not be like crying or should you not be sad should you not be angry should you not be this that and the other and I was like no do you know what just let me be grateful and
0: happy and enjoy the morphine. That's it and that was me with my major surgery too you know I had all of my bones from my hip spine broke and reset into the right places and all of that carry on and I was 11 years old so I didn't have like The fully developed understanding of sort of what's going on but my thinking was well if they do this then I'll be able to walk better and maybe I won't be in as much pain and then you know having to be in this wheelchair and everything for a good few months it'll all be worth it you know my initial like the first words that I said whenever I came around from the anesthetic weren't like, oh my goodness, I'm in so much pain. It was, oh my god, it's half past six, I've missed the Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> that, that's a genuine quote. I sat up in my bed, looked at the clock and went, I've missed the Simpsons. <laughs> I actually, I was looking back through
1: um, some photos and stuff and when I was in recovery, after my most recent surgery there, I sent a Snapchat. I don't know who I sent this Snapchat to, but I <laughs> saved the picture. And it is me looking drugged to the eyeballs with this paper cup that obviously had nothing left in it. I drank whatever was in it dry. And I <laughs> wrote on the Snapchat, they got my order wrong. I wanted black and vodka. <laughs> all I wanted when I woke up in recovery.
0: You wanted a drink and I just wanted to watch The Simpsons.
1: Now, we should point out here that there's a 17-year age gap between Heather's surgery and my surgery. I was legal to have alcohol.
0: I was really not. (laughs) Yeah, but um, getting back to the, show, you should be used to it by now, I think... People expect that of me as well because I've never known any different than to have cerebral palsy. So everything that comes with it, everybody expects I'm totally used to it now because I've never had a quote-unquote normal body. Yeah, I
1: mean, and I suppose it comes back to something that I touched on in the first episode too that I said I feel people judge us on our good days. Do you like that that annoys me because it makes me hesitant to let people know that I've actually had a good day if they're going to use it against me as in judge me and say, Well, you were able to do such and such that day, you know, but all of a sudden the next day you can't
0: do you? yeah. Like, that annoys me. If I say, Oh, you know, I can't go out shopping today or whatever, and they'll be like, Oh, but trying the other day you were at Gosford, so like you were able to walk around Gosford. Why are you not able to walk around Rushfire? like, because I'm in pain today, and it was okay then. Yeah, and I think people don't realise is that your
1: good days can have a knock-on effect then and actually potentially cause a
0: bad day. Oh yeah, if I push myself so far on those good days, I'm going to have more than one bad day following that.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And again, but that's our, that's kind of our choice if we overdo it because we do sort of know our limitations and it is a learning curve too. You know, some days you'll have a good day and not necessarily have a bad day after, but then other times you could do the exact same thing and have, as you say, a couple of bad days or more than that.
0: Yeah, you might not even get a full good day. You might have a good morning and a good afternoon and then come the evening you're in bed, hot water bottle, painkillers, the works because you've done too much in that time and now you're paying for it. Yeah, I would agree with
1: that definitely. I know when I would have had bad flare-ups or recovering from surgery I would have said like I'm not even taking it day by day I'm taking it hour by hour almost because things can change
0: so quickly in the blink of an eye really. That's it, like for example the other day, must have been Friday, I was fine all day and then come I would say five o'clock or so, I was in agony and I had to take a cocoa and you know it, it actually really affected me on Friday for some reason a whole lot worse than it usually would okay. because the point where I just had to sit on the sofa and like I didn't trust myself to make food, you know, like take a pizza out of the freezer or whatever and put it in the oven. I didn't trust myself with the oven and my mum was at work so I ended up just having like sandwiches for my dinner. Oh, that's not a dinner. (laughs) I know, it's like ham sandwiches, come on. Oh dear. Um
1: do you ever get people say things to you like but at least it's not or at least you don't have
0: yeah I would get way up I would get a lot of well at least you know your your cerebral palsy is mild at least you can walk and at least you can talk and do these things and I'm like yeah but it's still annoying you still have to live with it and
1: deal with it and people don't see everything that it affects yeah you know for you on a day-to-day basis so I mean yes we can all count our blessings and find the
0: silver lining and that's it and you know I don't really know what to say to them whenever they say things like that even, I would, at this, even at this stage of my life after having it for so long, you know, I still don't know how to approach certain people. I would be the same,
1: as in I'm not sure what the, the best response is to people, you know, when they say something like that. But at least you don't have X, Y or Z. And yes, I can appreciate that I don't have something much worse, but I still suffer, you know. What other people go through does not invalidate what you go through. Yeah, Your feelings are still valid, your pain is still valid, your symptoms are still valid. So don't, I, I mean, again, I think people mean well when they come across and say things like that. They're trying to, to put a positive spin on things. They're trying to be, I, I think they're trying to be positive for you, but it it doesn't always come across that way and it comes across almost again as dismissive
0: at times I think. Yeah and you know that leads me on to another thing that one of our followers has said and they have said that they would get quite a lot of people saying I should just go for a walk and get a bit of fresh air and you'll be all right. That er, that irritates the life out of me. Like if I could go for a walk I would love to go for a walk, but maybe right now, when you're telling me go for a walk and you'll be all right, I can't. Yeah, I mean, that again, that comes down
1: to people's abilities or their limitations on a personal level, and we're all different. You know, there are days that I can get out for a walk grand because my energy levels permit it, but there are other days then that I just absolutely couldn't. And again, people will be like, oh, but a bit of fresh air will do you the world a good. You know, fresh air is great for recovery. And I'm like,
0: yeah, it might be, but I can't always get out. That's it. And I find, I don't know about you, but I find that on my bad days, my mental health would be worse. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I would be feeling really sorry for myself and then that would get me really, really down because I have more time to spend in my own head. And yeah. those are the days that I would love to be able to go out and go for a walk and get that fresher and sort of sort my head out. But the days that I need to, quote unquote, sort my head out are the days that I'm not able to. Yeah, I know what you mean because I would
1: definitely find, say I was having a poor mental health day as such, but a good physical day, I find that that would be the one thing that for me personally, I enjoy getting out for a walk, putting my earphones in, listening to music and I'll just walk uh, for as long as I can or as long as I want to and I do feel better mentally for it but then I might suffer the whole evening physically for it on the sofa. You know, like my joints will be painful and achy and my energy levels will be non-existent. It's, again, it comes back to this, we're all different. You can't say that that will cure someone or make them so much better because, again, you don't know how easily it is for them to to get to that point or how much it will affect them afterwards.
0: That's it, and you know, I think you have to be really careful with what you do say because people don't realise how much it can affect you, you know, and yeah. this is this is a point that I want to bring up, something that really gets on my nerves is when people say, oh, I wish I was disabled, and you sort of go, oh. you're really taken aback and you go, what? And they go, yeah, because sure, you get that extra money and You know, you get your free car and you get all that and I'm going, take my car. Take whatever you want and give me a completely 100% normal body. I would have that over everything else in this world Mm -hmm. if I had the option.
1: People can't say this, like, but my jaw hit the floor there. It actually (laughs) dropped. Oh my God. Some people. I know. Unbelievable. I mean, I have heard people not say that specifically. I have had people say like, oh, I wish I could spend all day in bed and I'm like, <laughs> do you though? Do I wish you? I didn't because have come on ahead Come on ahead and try it out for the day, see how you feel, <laughs> you know, but for someone to say something like that is just so ridiculous, you know, and that just proves to me anyway that there is a lack of understanding, empathy, compassion,
0: you know, go and educate yourself that's it. And I think a lot of people just say it on a whim and then I sort of go, are you serious? Do you mm-hmm. realise what you've just said to me? And they sort of go, oh, and I'm like, yeah, it's not always cracked up to me. Like, yeah, I have a nice car, but I would rather have no car and be able to walk everywhere. But that's like not an option. <laughs> yeah i mean
1: again that that's as i say that's a lack of understanding and education on a person's part but again it's something that you want to try and educate them on and say well actually look this is why i have a car this is why i have xy and z it's not so you can live the life of luxury it's to enable you to live more normally as such
0: would that be yeah. fair to say oh big time but I think people don't say that they just think oh I'll have extra money in the bank and a nice new car in the driveway you're like no that's not what no. it's about but I've Absolutely. had that in so, so many different forms over the years like I was in a job once and I had a guy that worked on the same team as me and he told me that I shouldn't be at work. I should go home and let somebody else who needs a job have my job because I'm disabled and I don't need to work because the government just give me money oh, and No, he didn't. He just kept going and going and going and I was going, Well actually I want to work, you know, the unemployment rate is high because there's loads of people who don't want to work. Um I'm allowed to work in this job because it's a job that I'm sitting down at all day. So there are certain jobs that you can do as long as yeah. they don't put too much strain on you and i went into this whole rant but it ended up i had to go to human resources and everything because he God. just berated me and like i was in the call center so it was in the middle of a call floor and he just went in that's awful it was
1: that's so wa- so and then weird. the
0: next day He brought me in a bunch of flowers and an I'm sorry card. And I was going, no, this is discrimination. You can't just fix this with a card and a bunch of flowers. Can I tell you what I'd have done with his card and his flowers? My dad was like, I will come down to that call centre and I swear to God, I'd kill him.
1: (laughs) Oh, I actually would
0: have been a fly on the wall there. That would have been some conversation. Oh, it was... Terrible, but like that's what you know people do have to deal with, and that's a side that people with disabilities don't want to share with the one, but that is the reality, and that is something that we do face when we are part of the group that are able to go to work.: Yeah,
1: have you ever had um, anybody try to cure you or sell you
0: something because it'll make you better? Not really. I, I'm going to go a bit into it now, and I've had people try to take to Lourdes because if my <laughs> Lourdes is going to cure me. <laughs> you know, that way, and you're like, all right. So I've heard the someone- stories too, but the, what, really?
1: I mean, if someone wants to go to Lourdes, that's, that's fair yeah. enough. You know, go forward.
0: and if you feel it cures you, well done, that's great. But but I don't I don't, know. I don't think it's going to cure cerebral palsy somehow. Or somebody would have found out by now. Maybe not. Or they just would have moved your hospital to there, you know, and treated everyone there. That's it. Now, don't get me wrong, I would love to go to Lourdes, but just to say it.
1: <laughs> yeah, just to just to go um, and yeah. no I have had people try to sell me different things I mean juice plus aloe vera yeah I was told if I drink aloe vera gel like that I will get rid of all the inflammation in my gut now no I- I've had
0: that I've had aloe vera yeah uh, this rub will build up all the cartilage that you've lost in your knees and then you'll be okay Dead on. So I'm going to buy something (laughs) off you for
1: £20, whilst the NHS is on its knees spending a small fortune trying to treat people to lessen their symptoms. The NHS is missing a trick here. You know, they should be selling, not even selling, they should just be prescribing Juice Plus, aloe vera, some other tablets, I don't know. Why do they why did they buy into this pharmacy
0: industry? (laughs) I honestly I don't know. I get it, like if people want to go and buy those things to maybe feel a bit healthier or whatever, then yes, but please rest assured it's not going to cure your disability or your illness or anything like that. It might make you feel a bit better in yourself, but it's not a cure what they're trying to tell you it's going to do, you know, do they have the evidence to back that up? Or is research, you know, ask the questions before you say, yeah, okay, I'll buy that then. Definitely.
1: Um, and I've had as well, people come to me and say, oh, I know such and such down the street, their granny's cousin's nephew's dog had that, and they're better now. They have that same condition, and they're they're cured, and I'm like, no they're not, because either they're lying or, (laughs) I don't know what you're
0: believing, but my disease can't be cured. Honestly, I don't know, but, you know, as I said, if it's something that you want to try yourselves, go on ahead. If you want to take me to the lords, I'll go, you know. (laughs) Does someone want to sponsor me and Heather to go to Lourdes and we'll see who comes back cured first? (laughs) No, to be honest, it it does sound like we are taking the mick out of Lourdes, but I'll tell you now, I'm I'm a very devout Catholic, and there's no way, shape or form would I ever actually do that. I'm just saying that I don't fully believe that it could cure my cerebral palsy if I was to go there and I'd get in the water or whatever they do that's all I'm saying. So please don't come at me with this is my religion and you've offended me because it's my religion too. Same. Me too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. I don't know. We're not. We are. We're taking the hand out of ourselves opposed to the actual situation. As I say, you do you. I'm all for it, but don't expect me to do the same. That's it.
0: That was just oh. our, our disclaimer there, to let us know what was going on, and please advise is not to come from.
1: <laughs> oh, I did see one of the responses on Instagram. Um, It wasn't directly linked with illness, but I wonder, have you had this? I know I've had it on
0: many occasions. When are you going to have children? Oh, that is the bane of my existence, I swear.
1: Would you say you get that more now that you're married?
0: Big time. It's as soon as you get married, it's so when are you going to have kids? <gasps> oh. <laughs> and now I have been married for a year and a half. I have no notion of having a child anytime soon. Neither yeah. does my husband. We're all exactly the same wavelength. So as long as I'm happy and he's happy. That's it, because, like, it's our marriage. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, that sort of thing is between you
1: and your husband. That's not up to anyone else, again, to decide or dictate or tell you when you should or shouldn't be planning to have a family. You know, if that's on your radar. Yeah, so that is something that I get on occasion, not so much about kids, but certainly about marriage. You know, I've been with Stephen and Ten and a half years, and if we get asked once a week, it's a hundred times a week. You know, when are we giving other people a day out? And I'm like, oh well, you know, it's not fix. If it's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even talk like right? This hate is getting to me. Oh my That's god! Not, oh. not the thought of March. I just hate.
0: It was definitely the hate. <laughs> We we never got that so when you get married because um anybody that knows me and Michael knows that we got engaged very quickly. Like yeah. we got engaged after eight months and like the day after I was engaged I was on the phone to the chapel book my wedding, you yes. know. <laughs> so there was no doubt about when we were getting married. We never had that, but we do get quite a lot of so when you having children. When am I going to get a grandchild? When's my niece and nephew coming? Yeah.
1: I don't know. It's. I mean, I think a lot of people get that. Maybe around our sort of age too. When you're in your sort of like, I hate saying this. Your late 20s. Oh, it makes me cringe. <laughs> <laughs> That's not disrespectful to anybody older than us. You know, we respect our elders. Yep. But But I think it is something people our age get quite a lot is, you know, when are you getting married, when are you having kids, when are you buying a house, you know, when are you doing X, Y and Z. And I just think we're all on our own timelines and nobody has to do it at the same time as someone that they went to school with or someone they work with that's the
0: same age. Different strokes for different folks. That's it. I and mean, as I always say, I want to enjoy being married before I bring a child into the world. Like, I want to be able to go travelling and do whatever I want to do. You yeah, know, absolutely. My girl wants to go to Japan. Could you imagine trying to bring a baby to Japan? It'd be good crack. <laughs> On, like, all, all those big flights. No, thank you. I'm not good no. at flying myself, never mind adding a child into the equation. I don't know.
1: But yeah, it's it's definitely you just I don't know. There's so many things I could go on for days about things that annoy me and people will probably think she is such a whinge but I'm actually not. (laughs) I don't actually moan that
0: often. No, I'm joking, you're actually not. <laughs> not too bad. It's probably me most of the time going the ODA, I'm sick. Not at ODA. all.
1: Maybe that's something we'll do touch on another day is how our conditions, our illness have made us grateful for different things, just so you can see that we can be positive too. Oh yeah. We're, um, we're
0: not too dabby diners over here in the corner, like you know. Definitely not. We, we don't want positive. the world to feel
1: sorry for us.
0: No, please don't feel sorry for us. I
1: hate that. Uh, th- yeah, it annoys me too. I remember after having surgery and I was like, mum was coming up and she was saying, oh, such and such was asking for you and such and such was saying, oh, purely only. And I was like, Ak purely only nothing. Like, don't you be giving me sympathy. I don't want that. Like, don't be coming in here throwing a pity party. I'll do that myself if I want to, but I don't need other people's pity,
0: you know. I was like, just you tell them I'm fine. (laughs) I remember once whenever we were younger and it was maybe one of the first times you had ever been to my house and we had walked up to the shop that's like just right outside of my house in development and we came back and we sat on one of my neighbour's walls and this young fella came up and he was being really mean to me or something and I hit him a slap and... (laughs) And Leonie was really taken back by this and she says to me, do you know what Heather, and I said what, and she says to me, I used to feel really sorry for you, and now that I've just seen you do that, I've realised that I don't need to feel sorry for you because you can do that yourself. You can stick up for yourself, yep. And I like, <laughs> yeah, I can.
1: <laughs> I learned that quite early on about you Heather and thank God I did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! Um. See, just touching on sort of like exercise and stuff, I suppose that leads into what we're hoping to talk about next week. Yes, it should
0: do. Um, next week we have a special guest. Ooh. Ooh. We have the lovely Rebecca Greenway on and she is going to come on and talk to us about what she does. She is a doctor referred PT. She works with a lot of people that have disabilities and illnesses and teaches them how to exercise in a better way that suits their needs. And then Mm -hmm. she is also the coach of our local wheelchair basketball team. Brilliant. That'll be really interesting to
1: have a conversation with her because as we've kept saying throughout you know we're all different and I like the idea of a person-centered approach which I yeah. imagine she has to be with all her different clients that she works with because probably as we'll learn no two are the same.
0: That's it and um, as I've said before I would like to lose a few pounds, so hopefully she can point me in the right sort of direction or
1: something. Yeah and even as someone who's recovering from surgery, I'm hoping to get back into some sort of exercise movement. So I'll be asking her for a few tips.
0: Yeah, so um, we're going to put it up again and ask if there are any questions that you would like to ask Rebecca to please send them to us and we will ask them for you. Yep, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to her. We'll wrap it up there. Yep. Yeah. Have a nice rest of the week. Enjoy your weekend. Yeah, and we will chat to you again. Bye. Bye.